Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Hi, Vanessa. It's a big week in puberty, Cara. It's a big week. Tell me more. Well, I mean, it's always a big week for anyone in puberty or caring for a kid in puberty. It's essentially always a big week. As someone said to me, how, how are your kids? And I was like, well, today they're good until I get the phone call or the email or the text, and I might have to amend that statement. But it's actually... Yeah, today is a strong word. Right now. <laughs> right in this moment. But not only that, not only because anyone caring for kids at this stage of life is in it and it all feels big, but because a beloved puberty book written by Judy Bloom, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Pardon me while I pull out my tote bag. Everyone can see what you're doing. Okay. So now she has it. People. I pulled out my copy of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Which I'm updated. I just need to say, yes, it's updated. Be- and I know that because I'm using context clues that none of our listeners can actually see. But the cover is the cover that shows text bubbles and then the three dots of thinking text. That was not the cover when I was reading it for the first time. No. And I have my original copy somewhere. Mine was the blue with the picture of the girl. That's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what I, I have that somewhere. It's somewhere because my mom saved it and she saved everything. But mine was thrown out because my mom threw out everything. She's very... <laughs> no, she didn't throw it out. I should take that back. She must have given it away, but it was given away like probably five minutes after I finished reading it. So you know, reader, those if were you our need to know anything about our origin stories, that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, we could do a whole episode on that. We do need to have our mothers on. We must have our mothers on. I feel like my mom can actually hear you and she's going to call. She's going to call right now. And then the dogs are going to start barking. (laughs) So the book was written 53 years ago by Judy Bloom, And it comes out Friday night, April 28th. The movie version, which has been taken 53 years to come out. She said no. She said no. She said no. And finally she found some producers and directors who she said yes to. And I had the privilege of seeing a screening of it and hearing Judy Bloom speak the other night. Do tell. She's amazing. First of all, she walked on stage and everyone gave her a standing ovation because she has touched the lives of generations of people. And she's 85. She's amazing. She is whip smart, so funny, so gracious. She looks fantastic. I know it's not about looks, but she carries herself with such poise and grace. And she said a bunch of things in the talk. God, I wish we could have interviewed her. Maybe someday we'll interview her. That's an invitation, Judy. Yes, that's also if any of our listeners know her and want to connect her to us, we would be very open to that. The puberty podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. So there were a lot of questions about like, you know, the casting and the shooting of the movie and all that stuff, which was interesting. But what was so interesting to me, and I think we should start the conversation here, is the way she talked about kids this age. And she just kept saying, you know, middle school kids and teenagers, they are people too. They are people who deserve our respect. They are people who we should treat kindly and with interest. Like it was so, it was like everything we talk about. I'm like getting emotional. You really are. Are you okay? Oh, Vanessa. It was beautiful because she was like, they are people. And that's what we say every day, right? I mean, every day, all day for you poor listeners for hours and hours listening to us on the podcast. But like, that's it. That's the answer to everything. They are human beings who deserve our respect, who don't deserve to be dismissed, who get to have their questions answered, their worries met, their interests delved into, you know, all of those things. And it was incredible. I mean, I honestly was like, okay, I can get up and leave now. And some people did get up and leave. They didn't stay for the movie. They just heard her talk and then they left. So so can I can I jump in there and, and say that there is a documentary that came out last week called Judy Bloom Forever. And it tells her own personal story which we can talk about a little bit as well, which informs a lot of this. But she didn't just say that, Vanessa, as sort of a press junket one-liner. Like, this is a woman who 
wrote the first book that she wrote that was aimed squarely at middle schoolers that was written in, she describes it in the documentary as sort of, there wasn't a third person narrator. The narrator was the kid. So this was the first of her books that did that. And of course, all of the titles that people know and love, you know, fudge, you know, yada, 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 all use that same construct because she was able to articulate their voice. And they showed clips, news clips from the 70s. Kids lined up in bookstores and the reporter would interview these kids and say, what do you like about her? She understands kids. You know, does she know you better than any other adult? Yes. She knows she understands me. And then the film, and I, I don't want to spoiler alert the documentary, but the the film goes on to describe that there were times in her life, especially in the 70s and 80s, when she would get upwards of one to 2,000 letters a week, okay? She read them. She lived the emotional ups and downs of these kids. Some of the kids who had written to her were then interviewed in the documentary. The documentary goes to Yale where the archives of all of her letters are stored and they film her re-reading the letters and the archives. Like, it's Amazing. incredible. So why does she say with such conviction that kids are people too? Because she really has spent 50 years side by side with them. And she's had a an evolving career and she hasn't stayed entirely in what was not even a genre then, but we now know as YA, but she, you know, had moved beyond and started writing novels for adults, but really, truly, this is someone who much like a teacher, much like a parent in the microcosm of their own home, she has really just submerged herself in the youth culture and come to understand who kids are as people and the spectrum of kids across all different life experiences. She's, it's so genuine. It's so genuine. I mean, she said when they asked her about, you know, how did you envision these characters? And she said the book just poured out of her. She said she wrote it in like six weeks. Like it literally just is that? flowed out of her. And she said, you know, people didn't know how to write kid characters. And she said, I want to honor the kids. I wanted to write characters that honored them. So it was amazing to hear her speak and kind of articulate, you know, when you, they they always say, don't meet your heroes because like inevitably (laughs) they'll disappoint you. And it was not at all disappointing. She was gracious and generous and warm. And the best part was there were two 11-year-old girls sitting in the row in front of me with their moms. It was so cute. And I, we were in line behind them on the way to go into that. We were at the 92nd Street Y, which people who live in New York know it's sort of like a cultural bastion. So it was this wonderful convening and you know, we were chatting with the girls. I was with my friend, Michelle and Rachel. And I was like, are are you guys excited? And they were like, we're so excited. And I said, have you read the book? They said, we've read the book so many times. (laughs) And I said, what's your favorite part? And they said, the end. And I'm embarrassed to say, I hadn't yet finished rereading the book. I didn't remember what happened at the end. 
Can we say what happens at the end? Yeah, I think we just say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So press pause now if you don't want to know. But on the very last page or at the very end of the book, Margaret, who's been waiting for everything to happen, puberty and breasts and period, gets her period. And these girls, and Cara, you, when I told you this story earlier this week, you had such an amazing reaction to it. What did I say? You said that people talk about periods in this culture in such a way that it's dreaded and it's awful and it's undiscussed and uncelebrated. And you were like, I love that their favorite part of the book was when she got her period, like they in this wonderfully excited and celebratory way. And it goes so counter narrative to how we talk about all these things. And I made a very interesting point. You did. <laughs> Too bad my brain couldn't remember it. Now you get to enjoy having made that point oh twice. Oh my gosh, so wise. <laughs> Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well then... There are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how umsocks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myumla.com. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors ready-to-eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never-frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, 
beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. But, you know, I think you and I have talked a lot this week about this book. We've been deep in the book, in the documentary, mostly, I think, nostalgically for ourselves. I I think there's something that's incredible about something from our childhood that's so resonant today. And then seeing 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds flock to hear her speak Mm -hmm. and to see the movies. So it's not just, you know, people our age who want a flashback into their middle school lives, but it's actually, you know, they're long legs to this story, this story. But one of the things we've been talking about that's so interesting is sort of what would the story have looked like if it was written today? So we've done some of that brainstorming and we're going to write a bit about that. So I won't spend too much time on that because we'll have a piece out soon that covers that angle of it. But we've also talked a lot about We didn't remember, neither Mm -hmm. of us remembered that the book has a second sort of plot or theme that these aren't really plots like getting your period. I guess some people would consider that a plot. There must be a pun in there somewhere, Carl. Somewhere, and I'm going (laughs) to find it by the end of this episode. A blot. (laughs) There we go. Oh my goodness, I've rubbed up on you. Sorry. So there's this one thread very, very strong thread through the book that's all about the desire to grow up, but not, right? To physically shift, but maybe not emotionally so much. And there's this tension throughout the book that's really very beautiful. And is what we talk about when we talk about what is the narrow definition of puberty and what is the broader definition of puberty. And right, Judy Bloom just hits all of it. She's, mm-hmm. she's smack in the middle of the emotional, social 
cultural piece as much as the physical piece. But there's also a really strong storyline about, and by the way, it's in the title, about religion. Mm -hmm. And I remembered before I reread the book, I remembered that Margaret talked to God. Right. But I didn't remember that she talked to God. Because <laughs> context clues. But I didn't remember that she talked to God in search of an understanding of religion. What I remembered was she talked to God because she wanted boobs and she wanted her period. And one of the people who's featured in the documentary speaks very articulately and elegantly about the fact that Judy Bloom allows a middle schooler, an 11 turning 12 year old. She has her 12th birthday in the book. Right. She allows this child both very immature and young feelings and very mature and wise ideas that in her sixth grade year, she's assigned a year long project. It can be anything you want it to be. And what does she choose? She chooses to try to figure out religion because she is being raised. She's in a family where her two parents come from two different religious backgrounds and she doesn't know what she is. I mean, how profound is this question? Mm -hmm. And what does she do? She goes out and unlike any adult who might bloviate on these, all these different, I love that word because you That's use a great that word. word a lot. You That's a great word. Really got me into that word. Uh, but they do. <laughs> Adults bloviate a lot about like they, they read books and they do this. And they, she went and experienced it. Mm. She went to a temple. She went to a church. She tried to figure out confession. She she went hands-on and tried to figure it out. And she lands at the end of the book in a place that is also equally profound and beautiful. And Vanessa, I'm sure I didn't miss it when I read the book the first time, but I didn't remember it. I have no memory of that entire narrative. And when she spoke the other night, Judy Bloom talked about that inspiration for that was actually that her brother, who was a Jewish man, married a woman who was a Southern Baptist. And she was kind of wondering what it was like for their children to straddle those two identities. Yeah. So I didn't remember it. And there's a second storyline, which we'll talk about, which is the grandmother storyline, which is so amazing. And she's played by Kathy Bates in just inimitable style in the movie. Definitely my favorite character. But the thing about God and religion in the book is that it could be any sort of intellectual or spiritual exploration. I mean, what Judy Bloom is doing is she's imbuing in this 11-year-old, this changeling, right? With really profound curiosity, comprehension, sort of a willingness to live in uncertainty, to explore really complex topics and identities. Like it was a way for her to, I think, counterbalance what was going on with her physically, which was like, she's kind of neither here nor there. She's in flux. She's in transition, both her kind of spiritual being and her physical being. And again, it was like a way where she was honoring this kid, like, hey, folks, you think 11-year-olds don't think deeply about things and don't, you know, really wonder about the world around them. The point is like kids this age are so interesting and they're so filled with curiosity if we give them the room and the space to do it. And, And Judy created a whole world for Margaret to be that way. Well, and I also think that the two storylines 
allow the juxtaposition of something that is completely not controllable, puberty, and something that actually is. Yeah. Well, in her family, it is because her, her parents were it saying, it's up to you. You'll figure it out. Choose what you believe in, right? right? And that's really what the message was. Choose what you believe in. And if you go out and watch the documentary, what you will begin to realize is, you know, she was a very political person in many ways without being overtly political. She was a very political person. She describes herself in interviews that were done around the time that Margaret was first published. And then, you know, she had meteoric success with her subsequent books. She describes herself in great detail as someone who the feminist movement was very much taking off, but she, without realizing it almost, she was a very, I don't want to say powerful feminist, but she was like, she was modeling what it was to be seen as someone's equal. That's what she radiates. And then she has dedicated so much of her life to anti-censorship, which is incredible. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. now a bookstore owner in Florida, which is a state that has had a lot of censorship news in the past year or two, especially. And here she is with a bookstore and she has these stickers all over and these posters all over that make it very, very clear that there is no space for censorship Mm -hmm. in her bookstore. I Mm -hmm. mean, and she is a highly censored writer in many of these states that are starting to ban books or have been banning books for a long time. I mean, it's really like the whole thing. She's just, she's yin and yang. She's incredible. She's really, she's incredible. I want to close this conversation and hopefully we're hoping to have some other guests on who are related to the documentary or the movie. So, you know, stay tuned on that. But I want to close on the grandmother character because we talk all the time about the role of trusted adults in kids' lives, people who are not their parents. And it's not just lip service, right? We don't just do it because it's politically correct. We do it because there are adults in kids' lives who have unbelievably important and positive impact, who are not their parents. Because sometimes at this age, and it can be really hard for parents to care for kids this age. And so a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, a teacher, the teacher character in the book is also amazing and incredible trusted adult. And so often parents worry like, oh, well, if I can't control what's being said to my kid or you know, they're sleeping at an aunt's or uncle's house or they're going away with this trusted adult. And it is hard to give up control and it is hard to let somebody else influence your kid. But if it is someone you trust and someone you love and someone who has the best interest of your child at heart, they play such a critical role in loving and supporting these kids because we cannot do it all. We can't do it on our own. And is the grandmother a pain in the ass? Yes, she is. Is she sometimes problematic? Yes, she is. But it means that Margaret has another person to call besides when things are going south and her parents aren't understanding her. She has somebody else to lean on when times are tough. And she's not perfect, right? She's by no means perfect. So there are moments where she will encourage Margaret to tell a little white lie or to keep a secret (laughs) or do things that, you know, if taken out of context, you could go, oh, that's a flag. That's not, you know, that behavior is not okay. Right. But 
when you put it back into the context, she's on the side of her whole family. So she's not pitting a kid against her parents and she's not playing that role. She's not a splitter. She is the trusted adult for her granddaughter and she knows one of the ways to be the trusted adult is to have little rituals and bonding, you know, rule-breaking. One perfect example from the book is they go to the theater together and (laughs) Margaret kicks off her (laughs) boots when she's in the theater with her grandmother. And when she's in the theater with her mother, she would never dare and it's not allowed. And, and, you know, there's this sort of whisper, wink, nod, like, don't tell your mother. And so, yeah, it's a little rule breaky. It's a little like when you're with me, life is more flexible. You know what? That is in part the job of the trusted adult. You know, if all you do when you identify the alternate to you as the parent, if all you do is identify someone who's super rigid and is going to follow every single rule you have, that person, it won't work. It won't resonate. So there's a beautiful love language between this grandmother and granddaughter that is enough rule bending without ever disrespecting. And I think it's a good reminder to all of us what to look for in the person that you entrust for those conversations that your kid can't have with you. And the most beautiful thing, because we've already ruined the ending for you, (laughs) the most beautiful (laughs) thing is she did not call her grandmother when she got her period, right? So here her grandmother character in the book is probably the person who she confides in the most. And yet when the biggest thing that happens to her and the thing that she like, you know, who are you going to share it with first? And she calls for her mom. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very clear at that, I have chills because as a parent, you never know, am I going to be that person for them? And I feel like what this story does is it reminds you that, yes, you know, the road can be a little bit windy and a little bit bumpy, but ultimately when conversations are open and when you're just there for your kid, yes, you very well may be the person, even if you're not the person for everything all the time. And if you're not the person, it's also okay because you show up and you love them and you support them. And sometimes we're just grateful that they have someone to go to, even if it's not us. So we hope that you will reread the book. We hope that you will watch the documentary, go see the movie, be in conversation with your family about it. Men, women, boys, girls, people of all genders, because it's really about what it means to grow up and what it means to figure out who you are, to start to figure out who you are. And we hope that when we put out our piece about how the book might have looked today, if it was written today, we hope you'll read that too. So we will link to that when it comes out. And you know where to follow us. Instagram, at Spilling the Puberty. TikTok, at Spilling the Puberty. Does that make you feel good now, Cara, that they're all the same? There's alignment in the universe. Thank goodness. Also, I love the name Spilling the Puberty. I know. That might have been the name of the book if it had been written in 2023. Yes, except I said no. (laughs) (laughs) I meant Judy Bloom's book. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant our book. Oh, yeah, that's actually true. That's very true. Right. 
to be continued. Thanks, Cara. Thanks, Vanessa. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Yet. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.